Welcome to another episode featured on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and other popular podcast channels. And now, your university professor, published author, and U.S. Army Airborne Ranger veteran, Dr. Aaron Bryant. So I'm not plugging my book, but I actually have a book that's actually that actually has some of that information in there. Um, it's a story about myself. It's a loosely based on me, but there's a segment in there where I discussed my transition into the military. And then you talked about veterans who get the higher education. Well, included in that story, because I am a struggling veteran with my challenges, I was homeless for a period of time. And during my homelessness, I was actually in getting my doctorate. So I was actually going to my, doing my dissertation, going to my residency as a homeless person. I mean, I, 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 I thank the company Ford because my SUV Explorer did not break down during that time, which I was living out of. And it drove me across states to get the residency. So, and, I actually have it on my list of future podcast shows to talk about that because you talked about perseverance and that's exactly what kept me going. Um, I also joke about, you know, again, I have a PhD and people go, you're a veteran, you got a PhD, like you mentioned. And I say, well, actually it's not as hard as you think because I mean, all I did was read and write. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm not trying to undercut the, the level of complication because I mean, obviously we, you know, there's a lot more to it, as you know, um, you know, data and all that stuff and, you know, statistics, but simplifying it, I always like to joke about that. But the point is, yes, we as veterans, we are trained to achieve. And although we may have challenges because of our backgrounds in combat, although we have a challenge of being acclimated into society, it doesn't take away the nucleus piece of things where we are strong, we're diligent, we are disciplined, and those things equate to us being able to achieve something. And I like to think that when you achieve that doctor level or your master level or achieve higher levels and getting small business and you're working for yourself, those things are all based on the skills that we were given. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that those this is going to be a book that we can either provide perspective and also give guidance to those that are coming out of the military. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's really the goal is, you know, we want the story to come out and, and change the narrative. However, in the story, there is that little piece of gold of you will get an example from each individual how they did it. And, right. you know, someone can take that away and and either inspire them or be something they can model their own habits after. Uh, that's precisely what what our goal is. To, this is what we're trying to achieve with veterans and academics. Wonderful. I look forward to that. Uh, hopefully we, you and I will stay in touch and when that's released, we'll put it out there. So let's shift gears for a little bit. I want to go back to the uh, classroom. Um, and that's probably because of my own selfish reasons, being a professor and your involvement. You know, the veterans in the class, uh, I've had different types. I've had those who came in and they just expected me to give them an A um, because they just, I don't know, the maybe their post 9-11 was paying for it or those who were nervous about not getting their grade because it'll hurt their money. I've had all kinds. But 
from your perspective, what do you see that's happening in the classroom related to our vets wanting to achieve their education? What's happening with the culture of vets that you see? So I will tell you this, the post 9-11 and, and especially now that we're into this iteration called the forever GI Bill, the, especially the younger, and I'm just gonna say younger, like 28 and younger uh, amount of people, they, they by and large are using this more than other generations have used it. I agree, right? I agree. So it's amazing. So number one, uh, while GI Bill benefits have been, you know, since post-World War II, been, been a huge catalyst for change in this country, I would say now more than ever, people are actually taking advantage of them. And like you mentioned, whether they want uh, just to have a good grade or to get a grade to get the benefits or to truly achieve, people are all in their own way, putting this GI Bill to use to for an end goal. Right. So that's one of the biggest things. Uh, another thing I see is, you know, veterans, are, are looking at more now than just getting the degree. They're looking at getting the degree and going past to a graduate school, or they're looking at getting a degree and starting a business, or they're looking at getting a degree and you know doing something like this where they're putting media out there. Uh, it seems like the motivation level you know, where it might have been high before is even kicked up a notch or two now. Um, and it seems to me like when I speak to all the veterans, and I speak to a lot of veterans each week, the motivation level and the discipline is, is just a little more in place, I mean, than it was for me. And then from what I noticed from my peers who were going through school and then people, stories that I've heard before us. Uh, so that's really impressive. And I think, I think that uh, there's a lot of big things gonna be coming out of the future with the amount of motivation that's happening right now. Ab absolutely, I, I could not agree with you more. I remember, you know, if I recall correctly, the Montgomery GI Bill had a time limit, I believe. So it was like, you know, if you didn't use, it, I think it was 10 years, you know, you lost it. And I remember a lot of vets I would talk to, they never used it, you know, for whatever reason. And so I agree because even if you come in just to get the post 9-11 or the forever bill, uh, just to get the money. But yet you have a subliminary message that at some point they start transitioning into realizing the value. And then even if it's they have ulterior motives at first, it shifts. And then suddenly they find encouragement from others. They find through co you know, co-workers or classmates. And then you find that they're going to maximize it. And now they have that education. So I think there's that purpose is that foundation is there and they evolve from there. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. I also like the fact that we have it where the dependents can leverage it. Right. So you got a second generation that's spitting off of that education opportunity. I don't know about in Florida, but I know in California, they, we have not only the dependents, but the CalVet is contributing. So your child can be able to get extra money on top of it because they realize it's not just a tuition. It's also books. It's also transportation, sometimes even housing. So 
you know, kudos to our, our leadership, our government. You know, I know it's an expensive piece of the budget, but I think, like you mentioned, it's going to have a generational impact. And I think our veterans down the road and veteran family and dependents are really going to come out ahead. So this is an amazing time for us. Absolutely. Absolutely, Aaron. I, I couldn't agree anymore. And, you know, you're right. It is a big part of the budget. However, I think the return on investment absolutely far outweighs what they're spending. You know, um, it, we can look at the cost of, of conflict alone. Those are expensive. Right. So, you know, if, if we're going to spend the money there, we might as well spend the money that it takes for people to go and engage in these things to come back and and have a chance that maybe they didn't have before. Uh, I know I personally signed up. Part of my motivation was was GI Bill benefits. You know, I wanted to travel the world and I wanted the GI Bill. That's like all I wanted. Uh, and, and I got both of those things, thankfully. But you know, the return on investment is going to be so huge. And I think it's with technology, you, you throwing that on, that's like throwing gas on the fire. Uh, it's just exponentially growing. There's so many more self-starters and, and so many more people who are taking their education to the next level or, or learning from their education about things like entrepreneurship or whatever the case might be, you know? That's, really, that's... really big. Yeah, absolutely. We have counties uh, that are applying for grants from the federal government to help fund training. I'm in Bay Area, so I'm in the heart of Silicon Valley, and I'm seeing a lot of our counties and cities are getting grants, and they're literally offering coding classes for free to veterans. And, and here, you can take that class, get the certifications, or not just one, but plural, and go get a job over at Cisco or any of these Silicon Valley companies. And we're talking immediate 60, 70, $80,000. And to my listeners who are on the East Coast or in the South, and you're hearing what, 60, $70,000, that's a lot. Now granted in the Bay Area, it's not a whole lot, but it's a starting point. And that doesn't mean you have to stay here. Now, like you mentioned with technology, you could do those jobs virtually. In fact, I believe, if I correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say Google has now approved 100% virtual employment now. So you can live anywhere and work for Google, you know, based on learning coding. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, one of, one of your Bay Area neighbors there, uh, Salesforce, yes. is doing a great job at training veterans uh, and active military and their spouses. And, right. you know, one of the parts of the equation they get the training for free. Well, often to get the job, they want them to have some kind of college degree, preferably something computer, but anything is better than nothing. Right. And then they land a job making 80, 90, sometimes 100K. That's I know right. again, in, in, in California, that's like pay, but in Florida, <laughs> that's really good pay, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, what I have a previous show. Uh, again, to my listeners, you guys know it. Go on there. You see the listing of shows. But I interviewed the executive director of Empower, and uh, he's former military as well, but he runs a company that specifically trains in technology, and they do job placement. So for those who are listening, go to the Empower podcast, listen to Chris. He talks about that as well. So we're not going to deviate too much, and I want to make sure I give Luke his time back, but I do have another question for you, Luke. Um, this is a more sensitive subject, but that's what we do here. We want to bring up the topics that are important. IEP. So 
talk a little bit about that. Talk about how Leo University addresses it. We have students that come in, veteran students specifically, uh, may have challenges. You know, we have a lot of, you know, things. We have anxiety, depression, uh, you even have TBI, you know, brain injuries where your memory losses. So as a faculty member, a teacher, having an IEP student where you have to provide certain conditions, et cetera. I'm not gonna get into it. Let you, I'll let you talk about that. So, okay, so this is a great point. And this is one of those things like it goes back to, it, it, it's not unique to our community, but it could be unique, right? And so right now, my office works directly with our office of accessibility. And we try to uh, have each person that self-identifies as they come in, we talk to them about a situation and get them any type of accommodations that they need from the start. Now, I will say this, and I will say this based off when I was in the classroom every week. One of the things I would personally do is get to know each individual regardless of who they were, you know, regardless if they were a, a civilian forever or if they had been in the military or if they were in the military, whatever the case might be. I tried to get to know them on an individual level and then work with their specific needs because there are people who have things that aren't identified uh, that you know it just helps their learning style if they have some kind of accommodation even if it's informal mm -hmm. so i would always try to do that now i will say this in doing that and also in this job as well there is this uh kind of phenomenon that happens with military veterans sometimes where even if there's a need there, sometimes they don't want to self-identify. Yeah. And this, yes. this is one of my functions is I, then I've got to play a detective kind of, yeah. and right. I, I get called in, you know, and there's a, it, I've got to talk to the professor, I've got to talk to the student, uh, and it comes out something, you know, along the lines of, well, the student probably has not self-identified as a veteran because they don't want to be uh, right. type or assumed, you know, like they vote a certain way or think a certain way or whatever. And then on top of that, they don't want to show that there's a, a need that's going to help them learn uh, because they might be older than the rest of their peers in the classroom, something like that. So it, it's like they don't want to further stick out. Yep. So that's part of my role here. And, you know, and then it's to go back and say, hey, look, let's talk to the Office of Accessibilities. Uh, you, you definitely don't have to broadcast this, but let's get you what you need to be successful. And so it's interesting because I definitely always want to help people on their terms. But we do have a population in, in my experience in dealing with veterans that sometimes it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't really want to talk about things where I n might need uh, IEP for them. Right, right. You know, the, I think the first and foremost is we got to remind those students or tell that student, this is confidential. You right. know, when I get my classroom, when I get my new roster of students, I'm getting a message from that department identifying and telling me, and it's a completely confidential. And then what I do is I offline, I make that communication with that student. So the rest of my class may have a deadline on a paper on say Tuesday, 
offline, I communicate with that IEP student and say, your deadline is on Friday. So, you know, teachers, and again, going back to your role and my liaison role is being strategic about how you communicate with students to hopefully they don't feel isolated. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know, we're, we're veterans. We, we, we've been in combat. We're, you know, ego. So you don't want to feel, you know, different but there's a purpose behind why this exists and our goal as educators is to ensure that they are successful so kudos to you and your team at st leo um, because i know there are some universities out there who still are kind of trying to figure this out and that's a scary notion to me because this is something that's not just for veterans but we have regular people you know who are struggling with this and it has nothing to do with being in combat so um, it's a very important thing for us to address and i know there are some universities out there who excel in this um so they have particular departments and programs and degrees surrounding this area because of a lot of the challenges that people experience. So we're we're evolving. We're evolving. And I think that's what's important. So <laughs> all right. So Luke, again, I want to respect your time. I want to know, do you have any last words for the audience? Anything you want to share and give? Uh, again, on YouTube, we're going to provide some links so they can be able to reach out to you. Um, I want to put your university in there, maybe somebody in, in the Tampa area. You know, I just read recently, Tampa is one, it's, it was in military.com, I posted it, that they are the top city to live in for veterans. I don't know if you knew that. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell you, uh, moving here, there was such a change. And that was one of the first things, the first few months I told my wife, I was like, the quality of different, the quality of life is so different uh, in regards of opportunities and, and the vet specific type of things. But yeah. like I said earlier, it's because this population is huge. But what's really cool about this population of vets in Tampa Bay is more often than not, they're highly collaborative. And, you know, if I meet you and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting project. Well, I'm not involved with that, but I know someone who is. I need to hook you guys up there. That happens all over the city every day. And it's it's really special. It's really neat. Uh, see, I thought you were about to say your football team and this new quarterback you guys got. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Brady, Brady, uh, one of the Brady bunch. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, somebody, I some guy. I know it came. Uh, he came with a, a heavy price price tag. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's a whole other show. We could definitely talk about that one. All right, hey Luke, it was a pleasure. I want to really, I thank you so much for taking the time to come out. This was amazing. I know a lot of people are going to listen to this show. Hopefully, it will give them some insight on some things. Uh, so again, thank you for your time, Dr. McLeese. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for everything. I really appreciate your time and all you're doing for everyone. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, once again, everybody, the goal is to ensure we maintain a level of communication to support one another, understand next steps, be a resource and help one another navigate through challenging situations. To all my veterans and families out there, be blessed and know that I'm speaking to you. But more importantly, someone is always listening and that is not just me that is my show thank you for listening thank you dr mcleese we'll talk again